Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Greg Amsinger of MLB Network joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. He is a product of the Division I Lindenwood University. He is a St. Louis native. He's the lead anchor for MLB Network. And Greg Amsinger, the most important question you're going to answer in 2022 is coming your way right now. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Give it to me. Is Chicago-style pizza really pizza? <laughs> yes, I think it is. Thank you. It's kind of messy. It is. I think, well, it's not what I prefer uh, at all. Uh, I love my St. Louis, you know, thin, thin cut uh, pizza. The best, the big, huge slices of Manhattan are unbelievable. They really are. But you know, Chicago's. There are a lot of things I complain about when it comes to Chicago. Their baseball being number one, but you know, uh, the pizza. I'm not going to complain about that. Greg, if you have to use a fork and potentially a knife, is it really pizza? So here's the deal when it comes to that. I, I'm a very clean eater. And it was a detriment to my poor daughter. She, she's about to turn 19 years old. And she's such a cute kid. She was such a doll as a little baby that I never wanted her to be messy. So, therefore, she never developed her skills of using a fork or a spoon. I loved feeding my child food. I did not know that it was some weird form of abuse. Now, my poor, beautiful 19-year-old daughter will spill things when she eats. She's a complete, utter mess. She She's uh, a perfect kid other than the fact that she uses a fork too much. So I like being clean. I never let her learn how to eat on her own and make a mess with pizza. I do. I didn't like stains. I'm very orderly. So I, 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 I am the type of person that would use a knife and a fork when it comes to pizza. Hmm. So sue me. So sue me. Interesting. Guy. By the way, do I need to send you the recipe for salt and smoked mac and cheese? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so Randy, I, I, the mac and cheese was to die for. I loved it. But the bologna, the fried oh, yeah. bologna, why did you not sell that? I, 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 I show up at this amazing restaurant. I see fried bologna, fried jalapeno bologna. I could send you a picture, put it on your website. I had no idea this hidden gem. I could have eaten an entire plate of that. I love the mac and cheese, but the fried jalapeno bologna, I want it right now. Well, Greg, the only thing messier than deep dish pizza is baseball right now. I, I, I mean, I just want to throw it out to you for a feeling circle here. Baseball canceling the first two series after a deal isn't made at the deadline. Rob Manfred laughing at the podium, smiling, kind of joking around. As somebody that loves baseball, just as a fan, not even as, with your profession, how do you feel right now? Uh, well, look, I, I, based on the intel that I had going in, I, I told you guys last week in studio, I did not expect 162 games. I just did not. There is a lot of contention between the two sides. And I try to stay away from the word disdain, but it's pretty close. And the lockout didn't work. 
I understand why they did it. They referred back to 1994. This is a completely different generation of people. The players now are nothing like the players back in 1994. Um, it, it was used, and Tony Clark, who was around in 1994 as a player, didn't like it. And Bruce Meyer, lead negotiator for the union, didn't like it. And it, it, I don't think it offset a sense of urgency at all. Um, on the set that day, I was live on Tuesday for six straight hours with Harold Reynolds. And, you know, that was a sensitive thing to begin with because, you know, Harold was in a tough spot. As a former player, as someone who was very ingrained in the union when he was a player, uh, he, he tried to tell it like it is. And he, I think he thought that was a deal good enough for the players to take. The issue is when you're on television and you work on MLB Network and the league owns the network and the players are watching you hear what you say, we're thinking of our relationships with these players when they finally agree to a new CBA. So that was a tricky line for my friend to, to tap dance along. I can kind of say whatever I want. There are players that love me, hate me, and it's what comes with the job. But that was a difficult six hours. I, I my my whole point when I showed up, I did not think that a lot of progress was ever going to get made. And then Monday night, they, they negotiate till the wee hours of the morning. Um, and then we were disappointed. What I've sat back and thought about, Michelle, is there are two groups that um, are pulling on opposite ends of the rope here. And it's not exactly the groups that people immediately want to point to. The majority of the 30 owners are mid to small market owners. Okay. They are the majority. They're driving decisions. And these are people that look at the, you know, the, the competitive balance tax as a mirror. Like, well, you're going to hold up a mirror to show everyone how, how, how the few amount of dollars I want to spend compared to the Yankees and the Dodgers. You're making me look bad. The higher this number goes up per year, I look worse. I don't want this to happen. This is the majority of owners, okay? That's on one side. On the other side, there's a group of people that I think are, are realizing they're becoming extinct in North American professional sports, and that's player agents. You see it in the NBA because of, of the way their uh, financial structure is aligned with max contracts. Guys like Kyrie Irving and James Harden, they don't even have agents anymore. Why give them a cut? when they know they're going to get a max contract, when they know they can pick just which team do I want to go to? There's really no need for them anymore. So other sports, you're seeing agents become irrelevant. The agents in baseball with the financial structure that's been in place for such a long time don't want to lose control. They don't want to lose the power that they have over the ability of having a player that can get a 15-year contract with $500 million. So no matter how much progress they made on Monday night, which was Bruce Meyer, which was Tony Clark, which was a couple player representatives in the room, when they had that two-and-a-half-hour meeting with their constituents, which was on a Zoom call with other players, let me tell you, there were agents sitting off camera next to many of those constituents writing notes as to what they liked and didn't like in the deal. So those two groups are the are why we're sitting where we're at right now. And I just hope those two groups realize the number one goal here is to get back to playing baseball. Greg, in baseball parlance, in 2011 and 2016, the players suffered a, a couple of 10-2 to two losses, maybe worse. And there's a, a belief there that coming into this negotiation, 
the players not only wanted an agreement, but they needed a win. What's your take on that? I totally agree with that. Uh, in normal negotiations, when you go back and kind of read into what the players, what the union was looking for, and there's always like a top three, right? And they want if they got one of them in a, in a collective bargaining agreement, they would sign the deal. Well, this year, there were three paramount issues that they wanted addressed, and they got one and a half, and it wasn't good enough. Matter of fact, the, the league would tell you they got all three. They wanted that competitive balance tax to go up because in their eyes, they believe that there, there are only 10 teams that spend money. That's what they believe. So you have to raise the salary cap, quote-unquote. I know there isn't one, but for payroll, there is one. And then you get taxed if you go over. You've got to raise that number for the 10 teams that would ever consider to come close to that number. By the way, I'd argue it's four teams. Most people would say that. I'm trying to be friendly to the sport, but you're right. There are four teams that are, are going to go over $200 million right now. Yeah. But – but but I, five years ago, Randy, would you, if I would have told you the Padres would be flirting with that, you'd be like, come on, no way. So there's always teams mm-hmm. that, that come out of nowhere and surprise us. But 10 teams, I believe, as I look at it, and every once in a blue moon, really go hard in the sport. And you have over 300 free agents right now sitting there going, we need to make sure those 10 teams are taken care of, raise this, this roof so they have more freedom to spend because the other 20 teams – aren't doing it we need to create uh, a new revenue stream for terrific young players like vladdy guerrero fernando tatis uh shane bieber guys that come out of nowhere at young ages and are the best player in the respective craft we need to compensate them more so they did that with the arbitration bonus pool they created a revenue stream baseball did with the union it was the union's idea but the union was like, wait a minute, even though these are uncharted waters, we want this up to towards $100 million. It came down to 85. The, the league was like, we're a little uncomfortable with this. Maybe, how about we just create it, the next CBA, then we'll reassess. Here's $30 million. We'll start there. They didn't like that. The minimum salary was a check. They checked that box. They got up to $700,000. Going from 570500 to 700000 is a historic jump in one year for the union. So they checked that box. They halfway checked the arbitration bonus pool box, and they didn't come close in the eyes of the union with the competitive balance tax, which is the number one issue to all the player agents who represent marquee free agents who want the money from the 10 teams willing to spend. So that's where we're at. They want to win in all three of those categories, and they don't feel they're doing it right now. Greg, baseball is a sport that should be doing anything they can to cater to their fans, not push them away and withhold the product from them. And I just wonder how they salvaged this. I mean, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa aren't walking through that door. And there are a lot of fans out there that used to love baseball that might not be as interested in, in, in it anymore. And this has pushed them over the edge. So what do you think baseball does from here? So two things, Michelle. Uh, streaming is going to open up a whole new world to how baseball is consumed. And you're going to see the ability to access games while you're walking around. I said this last week, kind of moved the needle a little bit, that you know these blackouts the fans cannot stand, I predict they will not be in play. You're going to be able to access your favorite team no matter where you are, anywhere you are, on your phone, you'll get updates. Um, there are social media giants that are trying to get into baseball that are going to do everything they can to help 
make it more accessible to fans. Um, gambling is a way to make baseball popular at a level that we've never seen before. You're going to have more access to live events in a sport than any other sport to gamble on ever. 162 was what we wanted. We're not going to get that now. But if we get anything over 100, it's more than you're going to see in any other sport. So that is going to be a paramount revenue stream for the, for the owners. And what they believe, it's going to get fans excited to, in between innings, prop bets on how many pitches Max Scherzer is going to throw. Will he strike out the first guy he faces? All these details that we've never really dove into I think Major League Baseball is banking on streaming their streaming infrastructure that they still have, even though they sold baseball advanced media, the majority of it to Disney, that uh, they feel like they can, with new partners, Apple being one of them, uh, they're going to be able to get the product in the hands of young people, of baseball fans that are over the age of 60 faster and easier than ever before. And with this new wrinkle of gambling, they think with the amount of product they, they give, people to gamble on uh that mixture is going to be terrific along with what you see the, the, the exciting young players better than we've ever seen before hey greg i did some math this morning with the belief that owners will have to start paying back local tv money when they get below the 140 game threshold so tell me if you agree with this so that we can get in a four-week spring training and to start the game on about April 24th, which would get us to a 140-game schedule. I, I'm suggesting we come to an agreement by March 22nd or 23rd, get players into camp. Uh, that gets us to March 27th to start games, three or four days to work out. And then we have a four-week spring training so that the municipalities in Florida and Arizona can make their tax money from tourism. And the season starts on April 24th. Wow. And then Santa comes on time, and we get to open up all of our presents right. and our onesies. That sounds like a beautiful dream, man. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Unfortunately, Randy, I don't feel as optimistic. Um, you know how I approach life. Expect the worst, and maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised. So here's what I'm expecting. They agree to a deal May 1st. They agree to a deal May mm. 1st, and we have a four-week spring training we play 120 games. Uh, they'll move the date of the All-Star game. So after 60, they'll play an All-Star game. L.A. will get their All-Star game. I don't know what's going to happen with the draft. Um, and then, yeah, there'll be expanded postseason. So you'll have 12 teams in the playoffs. So the, the revenue that comes from that will be gigantic. But I think 120 games, to me, is more realistic right now. So that's how I do it. If you start games on May 1st, you'd have May, June, July, August. So to play 120 games, you need to have June, July, August, September. So that it, May 1st to get you your four-week spring training, and then you start yep. your, your opening day would essentially be June 1st. Yes, yes. I think they agree to terms May 1st. Okay. I think that's when the deal gets signed. And, and then you're going to have all hell breaking loose. You, you have to understand something, guys. I was being told that on Saturday and Sunday, when we thought a deal was going to happen Tuesday afternoon, the executives were putting together a battle plan. I was going to be hosting six hours straight of free agent signing coverage. How fun. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I was going to be doing six-hour shows every day because we were expecting pure chaos, which 
We all should expect that. It's going to be so exciting when this deal does get done. But now I'm in a holding pattern. Like, I I can't really leave. Uh, I can't be with outside of an hour away from the studio. Even though I might not, we might not have a deal till May 1st. Who knows when this deal is going to happen? But I have to be here. Man. Unreal. <laughs> it's Unreal. It's, 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 it's insane reality we're living in right now. It is. But that's beauty of baseball. Hey, we always love talking to you. We can talk about other things other than a baseball lockout when we do it next week, but we'll be in touch. Yeah, I understand why you're asking me about it. It's kind of a big deal, so I'm yeah. okay. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, brother. Right, Have a great day. See you later. Greg Amsinger on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.